Welcome to Voice of Hope podcast, where we share stories of adversity, hope, and victories to help you rise, overcome, and stand strong while pursuing your inborn potentials. So today's question is, what does God want when he comes to his human family? So we're going to look in the Bible to find some answers. This month of May is very special in so many ways and in so many places. May 1st is International Labor Day. May 2nd is World Laughter Day. And May 4th, World Asthma Day. And we know the special day that's coming up is Mother's Day, which is May 9th. And then in some places like Jamaica, it's going to be May Labor Day, which is May 23rd. So I want to invite you, if you have a story that you want to share with mothers, especially mothers who are parenting a child with a developmental diagnosis, I want to hear from you. At the end of our time together, I'm going to put a link in the show notes and I'm going to tell you how you can reach out. If you have a story on a business that you want to share with women to help them to be be inspired and feel empowered, especially in the month of May. So here we go. What does God want when it comes to his human family? I'm just going to tell you right now that God wants you, yes, you. He wants you and I. God wants his human family. And one of the things that we need to know in the beginning is that God didn't have to create human beings because he had a spiritual family prior to us. So we're going to look at some scriptures, right? Because for, um, John three sixteen tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, I have six kids, and I can't imagine giving up any one of them as a sacrifice, right? So it's, it's, it's a deep love, right? And, and other mothers out there, you can relate. That having, you know, probably is your one child, and to give that child up, it's no easy thing. It's no easy feeling, right? So can you imagine God giving up his only son for us? Because he loves us so much. He loves us so much that he makes such a huge sacrifice. Right? He wants you to know that you're a winner. You're created on purpose. And you have a purpose and a meaning to be here. Right? You know, in scriptures it tells us that God, he knows us before we were formed in our mother's womb. He tells us also in scripture that he created us for a purpose, right? God wanted to enjoy us. Yes, you and I, his human family. And that's why he created us. That's why he got the extent of giving up his only son, Jesus, to die, to take the place of our sins, so that one day we can reunite with him, right? God wasn't lonely. When he created us, he had his supernatural families prior to you and I. 
You know, in the Bible, they, talk, they call him son of God. And, you know, we, we call him angels. But from the beginning of time, they were there. So he didn't have to create us. But because he wanted his human family, he created us. And think about it this way. You and I are winners. You know, in, in bio, they talk about how many, how many sperms was vying for that fertilized egg. Right? And that's you and I right now. You're a winner. You're meant to be here. Because he had a purpose for you. He knew you before you were formed in the mother's womb. So we're going to look at Job. Job 38, verses 4 to 7. In the English Standard Version. It said, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or what were its base sunk? Or who laid its cornerstones? When the morning stars sung together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. See, I told you. The, the morning stars and the sons of God were all here before us. Right? But God wanted us so much. God wants you and I, his human family. He loves us to the extent that he'll give his one and only son for us. Right? And not only that, he also go ahead and he created us absolutely in his image. In Genesis 1, verse 27 to 28, it said, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that move, that moves on the earth. That sounds like management to me. Not only that God wanted us as his human family, but he puts us in charge. We are managers. We ought to manage God's creation, right? And because we are created in his image, we are supposed to be his representative. Show off God to others, right? Isn't that awesome? You and I have a big purpose. We were we're, we're new. We, we were known before the beginning of time. We were planned for. And we're given a duty to manage God's creation. Right? And on top of that, God gave us freedom. But guess what? We abused it. Our foreparents abused it. Adam and Eve, they rebelled. And then there come sins. But it didn't stop there. God want you and I, his human family. And he ain't going to stop until that happens. And because he know that his intent, his plan, must be fulfilled. He sent Jesus. So therefore, you might be saying, Marsha, how on earth can I do this? How can I live up to this standard? Yep, he wanted me. He wanted his human family. You know what? He gave us an example. A perfect example for us to Im- to imitate, and that's Jesus. You know, Jesus lived a life of sacrifice. In First Peter two twenty two, he committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth, no sin, but he took on our sin, because God wants his human family, 
and he would do anything. And he showed us what he did. He sent his only son, Jesus, who knew, knew, who knew no sin as a sacrifice for us. Right? His human family. In Romans 8, uh, verse 16, in New International Version, version the Spirit himself testified that our spirit, with our spirit, that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. We are heirs of God and we are co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. Wow. Right? See what and then another scripture in 1 John 3, 1 to 2, in the NIV version. And I always tell you, you can always listen and read the scriptures in whatever translation you feel please. So it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that if what we, and that is what we are. Oh my God, we are the children of God. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friend, know we are children of God, and that we will be as not yet being made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. My friends, we are members of God's old soul. We are strangers, right? He wanted us. He went to the ends of everything to give us his only son who knew no sin. Who took on our sins that our four parents committed. And of course, we are all, in, we are all um, birthed in sin, right? But because of what Christ did for us, we can now call him Father. Consequently, in Ephesians 2, 19 to 22, in the New International Version, it says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens of God, people and also members of his old sold, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together. And raises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So the question I want to ask you is that, do you believe in his name? Because if you believe in his name, in John 1, 12 to 13, in the New International Version, it said, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decisions, or a husband's will, but born of God. Wow. What does God want? God wants his human family. God wants you and I. And as a result, he created us in his image. We are imagers. Right? And we not only does leave us as images, but he gave us an example of who to follow. And that's Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate imager of God. So, wherever you are right now, whatever is going on in your life, I want you to know that God wants you. You are a member of God's family. But do you know him? Have you given your life to him? So, it's easy. Let's make a commitment today if that's not the case. But if you are and you're going through challenges, difficulties in this, in this time, wherever you are, maybe 
maybe it, you know, loss of a loved one or loss of your job, whatever the situation may be. I want you to know that you're a winner. You're accounted for, you're planned for. You are a part of God's family. So you can rise up. You can overcome the situation and you can live full, a full life, just as Jesus says. And you can be the light of the world and show off your Father God to the world, right? And manages, manages is, is resources. Manage your time, manage your life, manage your house. Manage everything about us because guess what? We have, a, we have an imager to follow, and that's Jesus Christ. So, if you are listening to us for the very first time, I want you to know that you can reach out to us with your questions or your comments. We're happy to hear from you. And this month, this May 2021, we are celebrating women, especially women who are mothering our parenting our families who are parenting a child with a developmental diagnosis. We want to let you know that we care. So if you have a story, an inspirational story, or a business that you want to share with others so that they can uh, be inspired or do business with you, we want to hear from you. So I want you to email us at voiceofhopepodcast, the number one, at gmail.com. And if the Lord is moving in to partner with us so that we can produce more podcasts, I want you to click the button on the screen and donate what you are purposing your heart to donate. And join our community, Down Syndrome, Moms Raising Up in Faith from the Stigma. Listen, share, and be encouraged. Until next time, walk good. Welcome to Voice of Hope Podcast, where we share stories of adversities, faith, and victories to help you rise, overcome, and stand strong while pursuing your inborn potentials. So today we're going to look at this question. Who are you allowing to speak in your marriage? You see, a marriage is God's plan. And because it's God's plan, his plan should be the goal for our marriage. So we need to pre-qualify the persons or the, or the people we allow to speak in our union, whether it's in business, venture, a pleasure, or parenting our kids. Why is this important? When we don't might be mindful of who we are allowing to speak in our marriage, then we risk letting in the enemy. When the enemy comes in, there goes this harmony in the union. So we have to guard the entrance of our marriage. Because behind that, if we can say that, behind it is God's plan for the marriage. So recently, my husband and I, we had a person that we were doing some business with. And our business um, principles Eventually, it feels like it was not right. So then we started to question it. I paused for a moment, and I wasn't thinking of I wasn't thinking of it before, because mine were like you know a couple of weeks, 
are so in the business agreement. But eventually I started to question what and why. What we were just what we were doing and the principles that that person brings. I asked my husband, you know, what do you what do you think about this? Shouldn't it be that we are the ones who have our own prerequisites of who we want to do business with, um, what we want to allow in our in our union. Because then sometimes other people's way of doing things can cause um you know perceived separations or you know arguments. But we know behind those arguments and those per perceptions and, and, and issues lies the enemy. But you always need a foothold to come into in come into play. So I pondered it. And I asked him what was his heart on this question? And you know, he was he was his heart was right there, he said. So coming from that situation, you know, he went he went a, a bit deeper, the questioning and the reflections and and so on. But coming from that 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 reflection i we you know ended up with a question or with a statement right and that's how this topic was birthed be mindful of who we are allowing to speak into our marriage whether it be business pleasure or whatever we do because we know that at the end of of it is that the enemy when the enemy gets a foothold in then there goes the confusion and other stuff so I call it a business prerequisite. But it's instead of a business prerequisite, then let's remove the business and put the marriage prerequisites for how we're going to do business. You know, we go to business offices all the time and we do businesses and they're all operating from certain, you know, prerequisites or certain ways of um, operating. But we don't often time do this for our own personal lives. Right, if we do, then we would normally, or we would, more lean towards the, the side of making sure that we, you know, we don't um include certain kind of people inside. Or if we do that, then we'll start to go deep into their way of way of operation and see if that's compatible for our marriage. So I was thinking of you know we want to know the character of the person. Who is speaking, right? Are they full of the Holy Spirit if we're a woman or a man of God? You know, when I think about uh, are they full of the Holy Spirit, are the character, I'm thinking about this story in Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 3 of Stephen. You know, he was a, a simple guy who was cleaning the tables and so on. But he wanted was to find some people who can help manage the business, manage the town, Right? And they come together and they say, you know what? We want to find somebody who love the Lord. Because I think it's I think it's very important when we're doing business and we're qualifying the persons that we want in our circle or to do business with. Because the conversation and the way of doing things, it's gonna it's gonna make it's gonna be necessary to be compatible. So that for example, you know, there was a situation that arise. And then because of the situation arise, even though this person was a business um, relationship, that person ended up have to make 
certain input. But when you make that input, input feels biased. It was not matching up. It was not that kind of thing that we want in the in the circle, right? If we can say that. So as they were looking for these people to work, you know, Stephen was the guy who stu- stood out. More guys, more other um there were other people stand out. But then they were talking about you know, they have to be of this certain characters. But do we do that for for, for our personal lives? Oftentimes we don't we don't we don't. So in doing that it helps us to guard our heart. Right? Because if we're not if we didn't if we don't guard our hearts, then you find situations like what happened to us. You know, you get to a place and you started to ponder. And this awareness comes to you that, you know, this doesn't sit right. Look, be mindful. And you know, when you guard your heart, it's, it's key to guard your heart, right? Because out of it, out of it flows wisdom, right? And the, the, the other thing we have to think about is that the Holy Spirit, he will lead us to all truth. So once you've been led to think about something or something come to your, um, to your awareness, we absolutely have to be mindful and pay attention to it because it'll be Holy Spirit leading us to reflect on that so that we can turn or change that way of doing business or that way of thinking, right? So the key here is that our marriage is God, um, God's plan. So behind that is plan, is image, his ways, his character, we have to guard that, right? So not only guard it, that we have to reflect his image in our in our marriage and in our in our doing. So let's look at Genesis 1, 26 to 27. It said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals. And over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You see that? We're God's imagers. Right? In Ephesians 4.24, in the ESV version, the English Standard Version. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God. In true righteousness and holiness. There you go. So the goal of our marriage is God's plan, is God's image, right? And if we don't guard our when we guard our heart, one, we're gonna be in a state of awareness so that the Holy Spirit can lead us to truth. And for me, what I realize is that when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, you ask me questions. Right, or it caused me to reflect deeply so that it can lead me to probably a scripture or lead me to look at pieces of things. Right, so God created us in His image, and that's what is behind the plan of His of His of marriage. So He's saying, God, God is in um, His true righteousness and holiness. Right, what does that look like? So it's love, compassion, tenderheartedness, 
courteous, blessing, grace, justice, and not returning evil for evil. So we understand that God, in Genesis, it said that God created us and he put us in um, Adam and Eve in the garden, right, to tend it. So to me, the word that I pick out from that is management. So we are, we have met, we have a managemental duty and responsibility around here, right? So we do it at work all the time. We do it in, you know, businesses that we go to and do. But we have to uh, practice those same managerial duties in our, in our relationship, in our home, right? So we're basically managers. Manage who, we, we manage our time. We manage, you know, how much phone call we make per day or per week. Uh, but we can't. We, we don't normally manage the people that we do business with, so that we can see what they're saying. You know, manage their friends. Where they speaking in marriage? What kind of encouragement are they giving us? Is it godly? Is it contradicting to the word? Right. So the key is there. We ought to show the world God through our marriages, and all we're going to do that is to be able to manage the people. The persons, the environment, you know, like the nouns, the pers- uh, people, places, and things. Because behind that is God's own image, right? And not only that, when we don't manage it properly, then we leave room for the enemy to come in and do and say whatever he want to say, right? And then there goes the confusion in our heart, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and then the Holy Spirit, we can't even hear him, which is the one who's going to lead us to all truth, right? So that's the truth we have to seek. So when I get that reflective moment, I believe it was him showing me this, right? In John sixteen thirteen, he said, but when the, he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the, the truth, Wow. And complete, you know, the full and complete truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding his Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. Well, this sounds simple, but it's very powerful. It's very powerful. I can't forget this one particular time in my life, I had no idea what was going on at my house. But all of a sudden, I have a knowing that I know that I know that something was wrong, wrong, something was wrong. And lo and behold, I was trying to get out from work to get home as fast as I can. And I heard in my spirit, was it loud? If you were standing beside me, it was not audible. But I know, you know, the scripture says that my sheep know my voice, right? And he spoke to me and he said, I did not show you anything for you to go get yourself in any trouble. The exact words. And I know right then and there that I have to obey. I can either go or I can stay. But I know if I, if I go, it already is clear that there is danger ahead. There is trouble ahead. So we have to seek the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. And he's going to lead us to all truth, right? We have to manage the people that comes in our life. Yep, just like everything else, we manage it very well. 
is the same thing. We are going to manage relationships and the people we let in. And now we do business, right? We have to use wisdom. What, what is wisdom? The word of God. To God's God plan for our marriage, right? We have to get wisdom. We have to fear God. You know, in Proverbs 9, 10, he said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So wisdom is a knowledge that we understand, and then we apply it. Wow. So how are you going to, are we going to do that? Right? So you might say, Marsha, but we all need somebody to talk to. We all need, yep, we all need a lot of things, right? But when you come and start marriage in our life, manage that. Manage the people that comes through, right? Look at things. Take time and think about it. Because not everybody has our best interest. I can tell you that. And you know that too, right? It's not everyone has our best interest. So let's say we have to have somebody. It's totally fine to get spiritual mothering or spiritual fathering. In Titus 1 and 2, it laid out some guidelines for us to follow, right? So, I would want to hear from you. What are you doing to guard or to manage the people that speak into your life? A lot of people are speaking, but guess what? You are the manager. You have that capability inside of you, built inside of you to manage and to take care of and to guard. Do it. Until next time, I want to invite you, if you have an inspirational story to share this month of me, I want to hear your story because your story is a message that's going to be of a blessing to someone else, especially it's May's child month in certain places, Mother's Day in all places, I think. Um, so I want to hear your story. And not only your story, I want to hear you share your business or your work, whatever you do. Because somebody else needs to hear whether to do business with you or whether to be motivated and be inspired to start your own. If the Lord is leading it on your heart to partner with us, to produce more podcasts and do all the things that we need to get it done. Well, click the link. And I want to also hear from you. So email us at voice, V-O-I-C-E, off H-O-P-E, podcast1 at gmail.com. Join our community. It's called Down Syndrome, Moms Rising Up. In faith from the stigma, the stigma of having a child with a developmental diagnosis. So, until next time, continue to listen, continue to hear the Holy Spirit for yourself, continue to be slow to speak, continue to be fervent in who you let in your relationship, who you let in your life to speak, because if not, then there goes confusion. But until next time, walk good.